R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Reemployability. There were a group of happy technology users who got together to take a sailboat ride one Saturday. As they pushed off and got several yards away from the dock, they noticed one of their coworkers running down the wood planks towards them. She was missing the boat, and her friends figured she could make it. Jump in and swim, they yelled. You can make it. So Ellie jumped in and did pretty well for the first few yards, but then she began to sink. She was a good swimmer, but something was pulling her down. Her coworkers noticed what it was. Drop the rock, Ellie. Drop the rock and swim, they called. Ellie then noticed what they were yelling about. The rock tied around her neck was pulling her down and not allowing her to catch up to her coworkers. Just drop the rock and you'll make it to us, her friends continued to scream. They were pulling further and further away. Ellie hesitated, then stopped swimming altogether. But this rock is mine, she thought. I love this rock. I've been carrying it around for years. I don't think I can drop it. Just drop the rock or you'll sink, her efficiency-embracing co-workers screamed. So what do you think? Did Ellie drop her rock? You know, lots of people carry a rock representing fear of change, technology, and new ways of doing things. Do you carry a rock? This week, we're going to finish our conversation with Abby Torres, Director of IT here at Reemployability. She'll explain some ways you can become more embracing of new tech, how it's making our industry more efficient, essentially making your life easier, and a little of the why behind IT strategy. Abby, thanks so much for being back with us. Week number two, and uh, when we left off last week, we were talking about how technology in the workers' comp world is going to really make... Uh, and help us to be able to put the injured worker first. Um, by being able to elevate the injured worker, we all know that we can help them recover quicker, get back to their job, and uh, and hopefully carry on with, with a fantastic life. So when we're putting those types of things together with technology, a lot of times people feel like, well, the more technology we have, the less personal we are, but it's actually the other way around. Can you think of a couple of examples of, of situations where introducing new technologies into the workers' comp world has actually allowed people to put the injured worker first? Oh, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me back, Todd. I appreciate it. Um, so when I first started working with reemployability, I think that at that time, you know, 12 years ago, we were so focused on perfecting the program and perfecting the processes um, and now, although we will always be improving and finding ways to do things better, I think that overall, our program is locked down. We know what works. We know what doesn't. The processes are solid. We're a well-oiled machine. And I think that, you know, is the case for a lot of companies in the workers' comp industry. Um, but And so now that those things are in place and now that we've used technology, um, you know, to automate the little things, we are really super deeply focused on the injured worker experience and making sure that, you know, the injured worker has all they need and that it's a pleasant experience for them as pleasant as it can be, you know, in a workers comp scenario. Um, so, you know, technology has given us the ability to automate the stuff that used to drain our time and attention. Mm -hmm. um, and so now with technology, automation, with artificial intelligence, um, you know, we're really able to focus on 
actual meaningful conversations with our nonprofits and meaningful conversations with the injured worker. We're able to perfect, um, you know, the material that we provide to our injured worker as instead of, you know, spending time doing redundant um, process things. So that reemployability, we've taken our years of experience in what makes a good transition to work employment, uh, transition to work placement. Mm-hmm along with our extensive nonprofit database. And we've automated, you know, texts, for example, to nonprofits um, who would be a good match for incoming injured workers. So instead of our placement coordinator spending time and sorting through tens of hundreds of nonprofits in a specific area, um, we've automated that match. And now placement coordinators can spend their time making, you know, those meaningful connections and building that nonprofit partnership and, you know, taking time to communicate with the injured worker that they wouldn't otherwise have. I think a lot about like jurisdictional information, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we're not all uh, attorneys here uh, and we have a a pretty substantial database of uh, information regarding different laws in different jurisdictions. And when uh, we get a referral from, you know, possibly a state where we don't have as much volume as others, um, we would, I would imagine in the past, spend a lot of time trying to figure out the best way to word a uh, an offer letter, or figure out if there if we can say this or not say that, or what mm-hmm. what time limits have to be involved. There's a lot of nuance across the states, yeah. and now we can just pull those letters based on jurisdiction, and and it's it's done almost instantaneously. Absolutely, we've really um, we've spent a lot of time focusing on um, automating, you know, a lot of our jurisdictional. Uh, regulations, a lot of the jurisdictional wording and, um, you know, process requirements, we've built them all into the system. And so now it's not up to a person to make that judgment call. It's up to, you know, the system and the system will automatically um, insert the verbiage that's needed or, um, you know, any other sort of regulation that a placement coordinator or that anybody on our team needs to be aware of. So we had talked last week about resistors, right? People that were resistant to change, people that were resistant to technology. But I know that there's some people that will freely admit, listen, I know that I'm just not good at tech, right? Or I, which I don't believe. I believe that they just don't want to be. I think everybody has the ability to do what needs to be done uh, technology-wise in our industry that, you know, you, you don't have to know code in order to utilize technology in the workers' comp industry. I, I always laugh. Um, I could never understand why little kids could pick up an iPhone and instantly know how to do more things than I could on an iPhone. And I was told, well, it's because it's made so easy that, you know, our adult brains think too much much into things where a kid just picks it up and and it's so easy for them to just pick it up and it's there, right? So technology is inherently easier now than it was years ago. So if somebody is has self-identified themselves as somebody who either just is resistant to technology because they don't like it or resistant because they they don't feel comfortable with it. Um, What are some things that people can do to become more technologically literate if that's what they choose to want to do? Well, I mean, I think the first step is always admitting you have a problem, right? So (laughs) right, right. We'll sit around in a circle and talk to you. Exactly. Um, so if if you know that you're a technology resistor, I think, you know, the next step is definitely why, why are figure out why, why are you a technology resistor? So 
Is it the change that you don't like? Is it, you know, you have a difficult time understanding how it works or how to control it? Um, Does it not work the way you think it should? Um, So really, I think it's just getting down to what is the actual cause for the resistance, Mm -hmm. right? And understanding that technology is there to to make whatever you're doing easier um, or to give you the ability to do something you weren't able to before. Um, So I think that, you know, if there are pieces of the technology that feel cumbersome or that don't make sense, you know, ask about it, raise your, raise that flag, give that feedback. And, you know, these days anything can be changed as far as, you know, if there's an issue with a database or a process, or, you know, if um, something just doesn't feel right when you're interacting with some sort of platform or application. So in my role, if I'm, you know, getting ready to prep my users for an update or for a change in process, um, I always try to, you know, make it, make them understand that they're the expert in the process and they use the system every day. Um, and so, you know, they notice something that doesn't work or something that doesn't feel right um, or something that's not working as well as they expect it to be. I need that feedback so that we can improve it. Mm-hmm. And and that's great that you had that at, you know, it's, it's funny back in the day, I can re- remember, um, <laughs> one time calling IT at another company that I worked at. And this was back before everything was kind of plugged in. And uh, I can remember telling them that I was having internet trouble. And they told me to unplug the ethernet cable from both ends, turn it around and plug <laughs> it back in. And I was like, listen, I, <laughs> I'm not that dumb, right? That does not make a difference. And they told me, no, it does not. But it ensures that both ends are plugged in all the way. Right? And and so I, you know, I think sometimes people are resistant to calling their IT folks because mm-hmm. they're afraid of looking stupid. They're afraid it's fear, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know the the old joke, did you turn it off and turn it back on? Yeah. I mean, as goofy as that sounds, that fixes what ninety percent of the issues. Absolutely, that, that yeah. one. And um, have you cleared your cache? Yes. So I think yeah. So yes. we are, you know, we're <laughs> online with you know all of our dynamics and our database and all of our systems <laughs> and applications. And so if a user comes to us with a problem, you know, our first question is, okay, have you, you know, are other (laughs) users experiencing the, experiencing the same thing? Have you cleared your cache? And I, you know, I think users got so annoyed with the clear your cache question. Mm -hmm. Uh, We ended up posting um, on our tech corner in teams, like, this is why we need you to clear your cache. This is why it's important. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Well, that's a great point though. I mean, the why is, and that was kind of my point of the term turning the ethernet cable around, right? I felt stupid. It it had the person said to me, I'd like you to do this because it ensures that the plug is plugged in all the way. Right. Um, (laughs) Clearing cash. I have a 16 year old daughter. She clears my cash. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, um, anyway, um, so we, we had mentioned that uh, there, like if people want to become more technologically literate, there may be some places to go. Like, like, are, do you know of any good websites? Like if, if I'm, if I want to feel more confident, I'd like to know some foundational information about technology, you know, mm-hmm. simple things like the why behind 
why I would want to clear my cache, right? Are there, are there simple websites where you can go where things are explained in layman's terms that would make people go, oh, I get that. Now I'm not so afraid to ask. Absolutely. Honestly, the two main websites that you can essentially learn anything from these days, Google and YouTube. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can learn how to build a car probably on YouTube and just like, you know, why I need to clear my cash. It's a phenomenal, you know, Google um, question right there. And, you know, there are so many articles on the same questions because so many people have these questions. Um, so, you know, whether you're trying to learn tech, whether you're trying to just understand why something runs the way it does, or, you know, whether you're trying to learn about how to arrange a flower arrangement, I think, you know, searching on YouTube and searching on Google, Everything there comes from folks who have the knowledge. And so I think that that's the simplest um, tool that we can work with to gain that information, uh, you know, or just hang out with your kids and yeah, <laughs> ask I, them because they I know, know everything these days. Oh, that drives me crazy. <laughs> um, I, so we have an online portal from the sales side for our clients, the REA online portal. It's a great way for clients to really drive the process of the transition to work program. They can, they can do so many things through the portal. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet we find statistically that there are a lot of people that still choose to like literally type in a form to send Mm -hmm. us a referral rather than utilizing the portal. Um, what sort of things do you think, like from an IT perspective, what, what is it about the portal that can truly make people's lives easier? Oh my gosh. I, so the portal is a window essentially to, uh, their claim information. So to their, you know, all of the information that they've sent us regarding their injured worker, um, and all of the placement information, we've made that information available in our portal. It is all secure. It is all based on, you know, security roles and access, you know, access permission rules, all of those things. Um, so it's a secure, platform where they are able to log in, view their claim info anytime, view the placement status. Um, You know, they're able to download time card reports. The referral system or the referral process in the portal is just light years um, better than it is on our regular online form. So um, as soon as you log into the portal and you create a new referral, that your contact info is saved. You don't have to enter that information in the referral form. Once you're signed in, the system knows your contact info. So you save those steps. Um, Once you start entering the referral form and you tell us about the injured worker and what's needed, um, all of the, so the contact information that you normally have to enter on the online form um, in the recent, in the contact sections, we will, the system will suggest recent contacts that you've used. So if you are, if you're a claims professional and you frequently refer injured workers for one specific employer or a couple of employers, that contact information will be saved and accessible right there while you're filling out the form. So, you know, you don't have to enter that information on every single referral. Mm -hmm. Um, Within the client portal, you're also able to save draft referrals. So if you start a referral and you, you know, forgot a couple of pieces of information or you have to run to a meeting or, you know, for any reason you can't finish that form right there, you're able to save that referral form as a draft and then pick it up later. 
the next time you sign in. So there are a lot of um, benefits to using the client portal. It's um, it, during Halloween this past year, we all dressed up as different things and, and the sales team did uh, the 80, 80s rock stars. And so I uh, decorated my office like MTV, like MTV back in the 80s when they actually play music and stuff. And so I found a clip on YouTube. It was the first hour of MTV back in like whatever it was, 84, 85. And uh, so I was playing that loop for like three weeks and, and I really got used to, and they had a commercial on there where you could send a self-addressed stamped envelope to MTV and they would send you a sticker that you would put on your FM radio so that you could dial in the FM sound for MTV while you watch the video. And that made me laugh because wow. I can remember handwriting out order forms for mail, like a mail order catalog, right? And you would have to put all the information in, everything you would want and, and send it off and then wait and, and hopefully everything was right. To me, that's the difference between hand filling out a referral and using our portal, which Absolutely. is more like Amazon now, right? right. I mean, I can, it, it, I can sit at home at night and spend all my money on Amazon in literally 30 seconds. Yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right, just by pushing buttons. It, it's yeah, it's literally, that is the analogy of using the online portal versus the, the hand typed out referral form that's yeah. sent in, so. Our clients, when they log into the portal, they're also able to check on the you know status of the referral that they've submitted and right. you know check where it is in the process, just like any of their files. It, it really is you know self-serve. Any information you wanna know about anything that reemployability is working on for you, you can log into the portal and find that information right away. Now we are working on and very, very soon to roll out is a portal for our nonprofits. Um, and I know there's going to be a lot of tools that are going to be available for nonprofits through that portal. Um, it's also going to make things a lot easier for our clients, right from the employer side as well. So can you talk a little bit about the new portal for our nonprofits and how that's going to make our, our clients' lives easier. Absolutely. This is the nonprofit portal has been a dream of ours for a really long time. And I'm just beside myself. I'm so excited to get it out into the world. Um, so our non our nonprofit portal is we've we've done our best to make it really valuable for the nonprofits to log in. Um, and just like the clients, just like our client portal, they can log in and view details about their volunteers and their upcoming, you know, um, their their the volunteers who are scheduled to show up. Um they're also able to log in and see available volunteers in their area. So um, just as our system, as I mentioned, I think in our, our last um, podcast, just as our system can automate, you know, a perfect nonprofit match with an injured worker, when an injured worker comes into our system, you know, it, the system can look at, you know, hours available, um, primary language, the seating requirements, and match it with a nonprofit in our um, in our database that can accommodate those specific things for the injured worker. Um, it will the system creates a call basically and displays it on the NFP portal. So at any time, our nonprofits can log in and see volunteers available in their area that they that we know that they can accommodate. Um, and so they're basically able to grab that volunteer right then. Um, will it triggers us to make a phone call to them to coordinate uh, to coordinate that meeting with the 
injured worker. Um, there are other uh, features of the portal include the ability to um, provide our feedback so, or to provide nonprofit feedback directly in the portal. So one of the features of our program is to regularly follow up with the nonprofit and get that feedback regarding the volunteer assignment um, and make sure that the injured worker is performing their duties and making sure they're not, you know, doing work outside of their physical restrictions. Um, that has been a phone call. That's always been a phone call and an email. And, and um, you know, it's sometimes can be a struggle getting our nonprofits on the phone. Um, so now uh, the nonprofit is able to log into our client or into our nonprofit portal at any time and give us that information at a time that's convenient for them. Um, they don't have to sit around and wait for our phone call and we don't have to try to, you know, catch them during a busy day and interrupt, you know, the day to day activities that they've got going on. So giving our nonprofits access to be able to grab volunteers when they need them to be able to give us updates on on their current volunteers. Um, we've also got resources in there that are that um, will help them with, you know, OSHA guidelines and um, things like that, that will also be beneficial for the nonprofit. So it's it's a tool that we're very, very excited to release. And when's that? When do you expect that to be? Available? Oh, that is always the, the no, yeah, <laughs> that is the always the magic question. You want me to edit that out? um no i don't think so okay (laughs) so right now we're actually in a piloting phase so we have partnered with some of our best nonprofits um some of our most responsive um, nonprofit partners and they are they're in it right now they are testing it out and um and providing their feedback to us we want to make sure that it is providing value to our nonprofits And so, you know, right now we're in the piloting stage. We've got our testers in, um, checking it out. We're going to get that feedback and make any changes that we need to. Um, But we really hope that this nonprofit portal will be out um, this summer. Sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later. Absolutely. That's awesome. All right. So million dollar question. If you could snap your fingers and instantly change people's minds about one thing regarding technology, what would it be? Oh, man. I... I think technology, just like anything else in this life, it is what you make it. You know, if you have, if you're going to be resistant to it and you don't want to use it, then, you know, it's not going to be a useful tool for you. But if you put in the effort to either learn it or adopt it um, or to give feedback to make it better, I think just like anything in life, it it is what you make it. And right now in the industry and, and really in the world, you know, technology is king and it's helping us to connect. It's helping us to get things done faster and more efficiently. Um, and it's one of those things that we really, truly at this point in life can't live without. And so, um, you know, I think that if I could change one thing, it's really, it is what you make it. All right, Abby. Thank you very much for everything. I appreciate your time. Absolutely, Todd. Thank you. Thanks for listening this week to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. You can email Todd at reemployability.com. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listentorea.com. 
Oh, and by the way, yes, Ellie dropped her rock and made it to her friends. Of course, we had a happy ending. Now, next week, we may try something a little different on REA Audio. Or maybe we won't. We'll see. Check it out. Nevertheless, we hope you have an awesome rest of your week. Bye.